You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Even so, Lord Jesus, quickly come, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The season of Advent is the season of the prophets. And among the prophets, it appears that Isaiah takes center stage. Can we ever get enough of Isaiah? I don't think so. Now, I will admit to you this morning that the prophets are hard. They have a lot of right angles to them. They don't always reason in straight lines. Uh, And they can be downright strange. Jeremiah, for example, buries a pair of linen underwear to make a prophetic point. Hosea marries a a prostitute. A great fish vomits Jonah up onto the dry land. So the prophets are a wild ride. And the season of Advent is a time when we pull the prophets off of the shelf and maybe dust them off a bit and listen to their message once again. And their message during this season is one of repentance and hope. Advent is a season that presses on the exposed nerve of our longings and our dreams. This is a season of desire where we come to terms with who we are and the promises that God has made to make everything new. And so we desperately need him to make everything new. We're desperate for him to break through the dark and to do something fantastic, to do something miraculous. So it was Isaiah 11, which Gil read for us this morning, is especially rich on this front. Listen to Isaiah's description of the new age. I I love this description. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and a weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord like the waters cover the seas. I mean, just hearing Isaiah's description alerts us to the fantastical. Isaiah forces us to take on the eyes and the ears of children. We become alert to the parts of our imaginations that we tend to associate with little boys and little girls. Isaiah describes a Narnia-like world with talking animals. Now, I'll admit they're not talking here, but I I want them to be. And lions whose thick and cuddly manes invite us in for a snuggle. They shall not hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain, declares the Lord. When heaven and earth combine into one, all sorts of magic will occur. In his Christmas oration, the great W.H. Alden says, this great turn of phrase, the real is what will strike you as really absurd. And Isaiah's depiction is absurd. Wolves and lambs nestled next to each other. Leopards and young goats frolicking and playful. Lions and cows and bears grazing together with no fear of animal kingdom violence. Children playing near snakes without a care in the world. Boys and girls out in the open pasture surrounded by cows and bears and 
and lions. Isaiah 11's magical. It's a text that sparkles. And we need some of the fantastic in our lives. We need children's fairy tales and Santa Claus and Whoville. Because these children's fantasies witness to the greatest truth that the world has ever known. The coming of Christ into the world is the greatest cosmic miracle in the history of the universe. It's absurd, and in its absurdity, we come face to face with the really real, the wolf and the lamb lying side by side and the Son of God cooing in a manger. We need the prophets to leave us enchanted about God's future promises because we know, don't we, how disenchanting life in this world can be. There are predators in this world, predators that wish to kill and to maim. Evil lurks around the corner. Wolves and lambs aren't getting along right now. And the human world is not safe from the predators of this world, whether they be other humans or animals. And these stories can terrify us, and they probably should. There's a reason why if I'm flipping the channels and Jaws 1 and 2 are on, I must stop and watch for a while. Sharks attack humans, and I'm petrified and intrigued at the same time. On July 6th of this year, did you read this story? A woman was camping with friends in Montana when a grizzly bear entered their camp around 3.30 in the morning and drugged the woman from her tent and killed her. Three days later, a resident in the same area came home to find, are you ready for this? Her front door ripped off with a huge bear claw on the doorpost. It was the same bear. A few days later, the authorities killed the grizzly. That is horrifying. And we hear these stories all the time. Um, Here's one for you. Australian surfer Mick Fanning was surfing in South Africa on a live televised competition with his mother watching at home when a great white shark attacked him. The shark got all wrapped up in his surfing cord and Manning somehow eluded the jaws of the great animal. Give that video a go on YouTube, by the way. It's there. On a much more modest level, just a few nights ago, I was throwing a shovel at a possum in our backyard that was trying to kill one of my chickens. That possum's days are numbered. So the reason why we find Isaiah 11 so arresting and so filled with promise is because we know that there are predators out there and we're never completely safe. We long for the vision that Isaiah gives us. Our whole globe right now is altered because of a virus whose invisible spike proteins have threatened any sense of control we might think we have over the material world. China has a ballistic missile that can travel at 2,000 miles an hour. I mean, unless we're sleeping, the past few years have been a big, blasting megaphone declaring our vulnerability. We're vulnerable, and the ones that we love are vulnerable. And all of us are wrestling with the insecurity of our moment. And we need the miraculous in our lives, a sense of enchantment. And Isaiah the prophet happily provides it for you and for me this morning. As Christians, we, we don't get to escape the vulnerability of our moment. Nor are we immune to the anxiety and the insecurities that it can produce in our hearts. This is especially the case with those we love and those who we wish to protect. So I'm not trying to portray this morning a kind of pie-in-the-sky uh, Christianity in, in the midst of real threats. Sharks and bears and viruses are out there. They're real. 
Yet as Christians, we cling to the absurdity of the gospel and the magic of a new heavens and a new earth. Bears can maim and kill, but, the gospel, but they can't bring an end to our existence. They are at best semicolons in the sentences of our lives. They are not periods. And the season of Advent thrusts us almost violently into this realm of the absurd, into the realm where our hopes and our dreams rest on the real, and the real is the fantastic, it's the absurd, it's the magical. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. God himself will dwell with us, and there shall be no more crying or pain or death. They shall not hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. All of these truths of the Bible wage war against our fear. They allow us to see beyond the veil of our earthly lives and to peer into a land where sin and death are no more. There's this really fascinating moment in the life of Jesus that's recorded in the Gospel of Mark. Interestingly, it's only recorded in the Gospel of Mark. And it's this small phrase that describes Jesus being tempted in the wilderness during that time when he was tempted in the wilderness by by the devil. And I think... It's a phrase that may tap into the fantastical description of Isaiah 11 where wolves and lambs and and children are playing together. The, the, The phrase says very simply, and Jesus was with the wild animals. New Testament scholar Richard Balcom suggests that Mark may be drawing on Isaiah 11 here about the new era of universal peace between the wild animals and humans. And here we find Jesus alone in the wilderness with the wild animals and all the promises of heaven and the new earth are found in Jesus Christ and even in the wilderness Jesus makes Isaiah 11 real he's the one who has and will make all things new the season of advent brings the promise of God's redeeming grace into the living rooms of our church and our hearts the smile of God lightens the whole world in the face of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus where we experience the absurdity of God's grace, especially when we peer over and see him in the crib or look up and see him on a cross. He forgives our sins. He's making the whole fallen world new again. Wolves and lambs will lie down together in some future time, but for now we wait. And we enter into the hope of the season, of this season, that lifts our imaginations together to a world whose beauty and peace is beyond anything that we've ever known. Advent sets our affections heavenward to a place where the knowledge of God is like the waters that cover the sea. And the glimpses that God gives us in a passage like Isaiah 11, it extinguishes our fears and it ignites our joy. Even today, we can live in the confidence of this Advent hope. I don't know what this season brings for you. I can imagine for some of you who are here, this is the most exciting time of the year. And I can imagine for others, this is a season of deep sorrow, or maybe some admixture of the two. Perhaps this is the first Advent and Christmas where someone that you love will no longer join your table. Maybe you're estranged from somebody you love. Wherever you are, this Advent, in the range of human experiences, do know that a magical day is coming, a day when death is no more, 
pains of memory, and Christ reigns supreme in his beauty and his power. A day is coming when the wolf and the lamb will lie down together. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.